0: Welcome to Real Estate Investing Unscripted, a podcast from Fund That Flip, where we explore some of the most creative, innovative, and inspiring stories from the real estate investor community. With expert tips and success stories you won't hear anywhere else, you'll come away with inspiration on how to improvise in the unscripted world that is real estate investing so that you can dominate your next real estate deal. Now your host, founder and CEO
1: of Fund That Flip, Matt Rodak. Welcome everyone to this episode of Real Estate Investing Unscripted. I'm your host, Matt Rodak, founder and CEO of Fund That Flip. And I am super excited about our guest today. Joining me from my home state of Ohio is Agostino Pintas of Realty Dynamics and also the host of Bulletproof Cashflow Podcast. Welcome to the show, Augustino.
0: Hey man, I'm psyched up to be here, man. It's awesome.
1: Awesome. Thanks for having me
0: on. Yeah. Thanks for having me on.
1: Yeah. yeah, really appreciate being here. So I, you know, I think you've got a pretty interesting story and I'd love to start with that. Maybe your background is checking checking out on LinkedIn and we got to chat a little bit about this a couple of weeks back at our open house. Background in technology, kind of information technology. Um, you had a number of senior roles, it looks like, for some rather large innovative organizations. Um, talk to us how you, how you got kind of into to the real estate investing world and, and how you were able to leverage kind of your past into into what you do today.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, a couple of years ago, before I fell into this whole multifamily focus that we've established now, about, uh, you know, 16 years before that, I was a C-level executive at a, at a company, CIO, where I ran a large enterprise IT. You know, the company just went public and us executives were flush with cash and it was recommended by some of the other Executives are saying, you know, you should start buying some some of these these houses, you know, small multifamily and, and things like that. So that's exactly what I started doing. You know, young guy uh, just started buying up as many houses as I possibly could that made sense. And I was at the time doing turnkey type of houses, buy them, put a tenant in there, that's it. I, I every once in a while I'll pick up one of those flip deals, but I really tried to focus on my career and just buy the homes. Right. And, uh, you know, I'd been doing that for, as I said, about 16, 16 years, uh, just rolling through, going from company to company, working at different places. And, and throughout all this time period, before going into multifamily, I'd go work for some companies, some better than others. And, uh, you know, every once in a while, you end up not working there anymore. But I noticed that throughout the whole, this whole period, that real estate portfolio, that little real estate portfolio that I built out. That a long time ago, in the early 2000s, was still producing income. You know, a little bit of income would just trickle in, right? Yep. While working as a CIO, uh, you know, it's th- those sorts of stints are, are even though they're really great while they while they run. A CIO lasts maybe four years tops <laughs> before they go back yeah. to go work for another company. You know, and um, I, I really didn't want to do that anymore. You know, it. Uh, the only difference between me and the the waiter. Uh, Down at the restaurant is that my bills are bigger than him. You're always living in fear when you're working for someone, you know. So I took it upon myself to really, to really focus on multifamily. Uh, Had a had an attorney friend explain syndication to me, and uh, two years ago, as I said, just over two years ago, I studied everything I can get my hands on. I committed 100% to just doing this type of asset class and. From as soon as I did that, burned the ships, sold everything I had, and went straight into multifamily that's exactly how i did it
1: so so that that's always an interesting kind of so so maybe back us up so you you had this portfolio of homes um however many you sold them all two years ago were you were you still working for someone at that point, or had you kind of you know quote unquote retired from your your most recent gig or you, you know it's it's funny because when
0: I had worked at a company at uh, in Indianapolis, you know, and uh, I left New York City. I used to live in New York City, in Queens, and left New York to go to go to Indianapolis and working for that company, you know, earning earning very good money, working for some great people. Well, when that uh, when that boss, that CEO, left, that as soon I, I don't know if uh, many of your listeners would know, but at the C level, as soon as the CEO leaves, typically the people right below below them. That hired them on, they usually end up leaving as well. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what happened to me. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, how, ma- how many more times do I need to go through this? Yep. How many more times do, do, I, do I let someone else control my life? And I decided, right, it took a second to really figure this part out. You know, I took some time off and, and really focused on what I want to do next. And, and I realized that, you know, just like I said, this, this real estate portfolio was throwing off money, regardless of what's going on in my life. And that's why I figured I'm just going to focus on this. And that's exactly what I did. It's been sitting under my nose for 16 years (laughs) and it took that long to figure it out. Right. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: So, so sold the houses and you're primarily focused on apartment syndication. So just talk us through a little bit for folks that may not be as familiar with what that is. What is, what is apartment syndication kind of, what do you do? What do you look for? What's kind of your role in the transaction? Um, All that good stuff. Absolutely. So
0: what my general partners and I do is we go off and we try to find value-add properties, right? Properties that are in good locations that uh, maybe need some some TLC. Then we take them, we, we bring them back up to par, we increase the rents, and we... Um, of course, drive revenue that way. And of course, we don't take the properties down ourselves and buy them with our own money. We have investor partners that come along with us. They invest with us in those deals for a good, healthy return, as well as all the tax benefits that come along with it. Right, so uh, we typically, and of course, we the, they have ownership, they have equity in the deal, and uh, they also get that that preferred return that comes along with it. So, as the the, the great thing about a a limited partner is that the general partners, my, you know, myself and my partners in the deal, we're operating the deal, we take on the risk of the loan, so to speak, we. Are making sure that things are getting done. We're executing the business plan, and the limited partners get all the benefits of that property as far as the returns are concerned, with none of the downside. So, from from a syndication perspective, in this asset class, it's it's a remarkable remarkable thing for a, an investor partner to really enjoy.
1: Sure. So, wh- why did you choose to go down the syndication route? I mean, it sounds like you already had a portfolio of you know smaller you know, single family, two to two to three to maybe four family properties, what caused you to kind of, you know, as you said, burn the ships on that strategy and start with a, a larger syndication strategy?
0: Yeah. You know, the, I noticed that the, the, the multifamily deals, the small multifamily deals that I had, they were a little bit easier to manage for the property management at the time. And I had properties at that time, they were in Virginia and in Michigan. And uh, the, but Property management as a whole, to try to manage all these properties all over the place was somewhat of a pain and very expensive. A lot of overhead that went along with it. You know, so once this attorney friend explained some of the benefits with syndication, as far as, you know, the obvious, you have, you know, sort of one house or even 100 houses sitting across the city, you have 100 100 units sitting in one place Mm -hmm. with one roof, that's great but aside from that all the tax benefits that come along with it i mean it made total sense that that's what i need to be doing and of course there's banks that are that that want to lend on those sorts of assets you can trying to get a bank to lend you money on a house is somewhat difficult to do you know so at that at the same type of rate at a, at a 3 or 4 or even a 5% interest rate you know it's 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 yep. tough to do you know it's um so it made total sense to me it made 100% total sense to me.
1: So a bit of a an economies of scale game if you will. Precisely, precisely. And
0: and what's funny is that many of the the people that that your listeners may be aware of as far as you know popular guys in syndication, I'd never heard of them. It yep. just the, the model just made sense. It made perfect sense to me. You know, and uh, I think it was the discipline though in actually studying it on my own knowing zero about that business, but having familiarity with the, the construction side or, and, and, of course, tenant management, which is a big deal, and, and how to put deals together. And, of course, from corporate America as well, all those different things really culminated into building a whole syndication business around it. You know? so, uh, it um, but I think that the, the amount of training it took to get over to where we are now you know, we're closing on 500 units. I'm getting ready to lock up another 150. It's, um, you know, it, it takes a great deal of discipline to be able to learn all this stuff that needs to be done, not only from putting a deal together, but also the investor side of things, investor management, uh, vendor management. How, how do you partner up with, with your property managers? How do, you, how do you pick out a good one or a bad one? Uh, things like that. You you learned, or at least me anyway. I learned all that in corporate America, so that's one thing I still I, I I'm really happy about.
1: <laughs> yep, yep. So this is going to be a loaded question, so maybe I'll have to try to break it down in, in pieces. But you know, I, I think I think one of the things that, that's really hard for a lot of folks, right, that are trying to get into the real estate game is. You know, we 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 even deal this deal with this like in our organization. I think every organization, it's you know to some extent, it's called the innovator's dilemma, right? Where you've got this thing that's working, um, and it's it's paying the bills, if you will, right? If you're a business, that means you've got this product that's that's working, um, but you know you need to innovate to stay ahead. But innovating may also cost you or break what's currently working in your business, right? And the way I think about this for real estate businesses is, or people that want to get into real estate, is like I've got this nine to five right? It's paying my bills. In your case, it sounds like, you know, you had, you had good income potential there. Um, it sounds like you had just reached kind of a breaking point around like, I'm tired of people controlling my destiny, but what advice would you have? Or or kind of how did you, what was your thought process in going from steady state, even if it wasn't, Entirely steady state, but you at least you know you at least know you could probably go and find another c i o or c t o type job have it for three or four years that's still more than a you know it's less risky than right selling all your income producing assets and saying i'm going to go do this thing I've never done before like how did you think through that? How did you get comfortable with that
0: you know you know matt it's the 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 way you get comfortable with something is to get educated on it first. The the reason why people don't take action is because they don't have the knowledge. And they don't have the knowledge, not because they're stupid or anything. It's because they've not sat down and studied the hell out of whatever the craft that they need to become masters at. That's the key. You know, previous, I'd say about five years ago, or actually seven years ago, more like seven, I took up boxing and MMA. And there's one thing, you know, even later in life that that taught me is to apply great discipline in what you're doing, how to strike, how to block, all those different things. You have to have discipline. If you screw it up, you're gonna get punched in the face (laughs) you're going to bust out your teeth. And that's what happened to me several times, right? (laughs) So you got to get really good at that. And, you know, if that's one thing I learned later on in life is that, and, you know, just like you said, I I did not want my future be dictated by someone else even though yes, I was earning very good money but it was more along the lines of Not I wanted to live to my full potential I want I want to show that I can achieve my full potential doing a nine to five is not my full potential not even close Right. It's just yeah. not that and for some people they're okay with it and that's all right Uh, you know, I don't knock them but you know when once you realize, once you're out of the matrix and you see what you're capable of doing, right? With enough of the training, even in the matrix, to do the same thing. For those people who don't know, it's a movie from the 1999. Great, movie. great movie. Yeah, it's a great movie, great movie. But they download the knowledge, they have the knowledge, and now they can do kung fu. Yep. Same thing. Except you, you can't just download the knowledge. You really have to sit down and really apply yourself to learning and absorbing. But I think in my case, though, once I made that decision, I wasn't even entirely clear that was what I was going to do after that last gig. You know, I, I was figuring it might be real estate. But it, what it was is, is just I, I once I made that decision, I I burned the ships, sold everything, studied the hell out of multifamily, networked with the best people I could find, I built the team. I put that all together before I actually bought my first deal. You know, I became a multifamily syndicator before I was a multifamily syndicator.
1: All right. So that, that's that's a great point, right? Because I think there's two sides to this. I think there's there's some folks that, um, you know, are unwilling or unable for whatever reason to, to do the work and build the confidence in their knowledge to kind of take the step. And I think there's also a lot of folks that, you know, call it analysis paralysis where, they've been studying for three years, five years, 10 years, right? But they've never, never taken action. Like, what was that first action that you took? It sounds like you built a team. Like, when did you know, like, all right, we're ready. We're going to do this. And then like, what was the first thing that you did? Or what would be the, if you could do it again, what would be the first thing that you would do to kind of like move yourself into, you know, the books, into the real world? Sure.
0: You know, the first thing I did, so once,
1: once I sold everything, and I, I had
0: had a little bit of cash on me, you know, uh, I decided, you know what, I'm going to buy a multifamily building on my own. If I'm going to go off and raise money eventually, I need to show investors I'm serious about what I'm doing, right? Yep. I need to say that I, I at least own a multifamily, like a bigger multifamily. So uh, with what with, with little cash I had, I leveraged it to buy a 12-unit apartment building on my own, right? Did it, underwrote it. It's I still own that deal. It's freaking awesome. Love that deal. Throws off cash every month. Beautiful. Love it. But at least now I have a story to tell to investors, right? And my and, and whose these friends that are that started off as investor partners and and general partners, they're they they're still my friends today and we invest in deals too. But I, I can tell them it's like, yeah, I actually risked something. I've risked my own money, so to speak, even though real estate's not a risk, but that's besides the point uh, to, to really demonstrate that I'm serious about what I'm doing, you know? And, and, um, yeah, that's, that's essentially what I did. You just got to take action and do it. And that's, uh, people get comfortable. So I think what's the problem is people think that just by reading a book, they're doing enough to make a difference and reading a book won't do, won't do anything.
1: Yep. So in your case, you had the, the wherewithal to, in the, in the means to actually move in action on a property. But I think, you know, for those that, that may not have that capability, I think the important thing is, is use what you do have. Right. And I think the thing that everyone has is time. And I remember the way that I got started in this business was I volunteered my time for free yeah. to drive around and find deals for other people who are flipping houses to swing hammers and do demo work. Right. And just like learn. Right. And, 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 That builds confidence, too, because you start to see the people that are actually doing it and you start to see like, oh, I could do this. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, this isn't like this isn't nearly that hard or that risky or whatever your fears may be. Um, Getting out and doing something against a plan, I think, is 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 important.
0: Well, it, well, that's exactly it. You know, there are still plenty of resources and plenty of ways of adding value, even if you don't have any money. And, mm-hmm. and even at, so I'll, I'll get some people that come to our events they, We we do them every couple of weeks here in Cleveland. And anybody if, if, if somebody came up and they came up to me and they said, I have a deal. I already underwrote it. Here's how it's going to perform. Here's the cash on cash. Here's the IRR. Here's the equity split. Here's all these things, but I don't have any money. But what I am good at, I I am a good general contractor. I can do plumbing. I can do flooring. I can can, uh, do asphalt. I can do all these different things. This is what I bring to the table. I'll be, all right, let's roll, man. You're a GP. Let's roll. Let's go. Let's do it. You know? Yep. But but most times, uh, people just don't want to do the work. They don't want to do the underwriting. They just throw a deal at me and they just say, here's the deal. I'm like, well, thanks, guys. <laughs> I, I, I can't do anything with this. It's like, if they, and, I, and you know what? I really want to help people get into this business. I honestly do. Yep. But they they really have to do some of the homework to try to understand it. And it's not, I'm not going to say it's not hard. It is. It's not easy. Otherwise, everybody would be doing it. Everybody would be very successful at it. But there are resources out there that even for very little money, you can pick up, absorb, and apply it. Uh, you know, that's that's uh, yep. th- there's plenty of resources like that out there.
1: Yeah, so like, like, to summarize maybe I think what we're both talking about a little bit is, right, like, one, get smart on whatever you're trying to do, whether that's apartment syndication, flipping houses, you know, single-family rental properties, note buying, whatever it is, like, get smart on it. And I think the second piece of it, right, is is what we're talking about is like do an inventory of your assets, right? And by assets, I mean, maybe that's cash, like what you had, maybe that's skills, maybe that's time, maybe that's unique perspective on a market where you can get properties purchased that no one else can because you know everybody in the neighborhood, whatever that is, right? Do an inventory of your assets and figure out where you can bring value and then find partners that have the things that you don't have. Yeah, but deals together, right? Like that's right. Yeah, and it's also, but, you know,
0: but, but you know what though, Matt, you you, you did touch on something though too. The, the, your first point is that you have your what is your exact precise thing that you're doing? All we do is multifamily. I don't do wholesaling. I don't do industrial. I don't do commercial. I don't. Do, yep, all I yep. do is multifamily. I do one thing. You know, yep. we have we have we have a, we have a social media. We have a media business as well, but that media business goes hand in glove with the multifamily business, you know, they, they rely on each other yep. and, and, and we have some scale where we can actually do that. But many, many of the folks that come out, at least to our events anyway, they're trying to do everything under the sun. I'm like, yep. guys, you got to stop everything and do one thing and become a master at it. That that's the secret. There, there, that's it
1: you know pick it's a lane. pick a pick, lane and stay in it
0: <laughs> yeah pick a lane stay in it become a master at it once you're great at it great then now you can go pick up something else you know keep keep the first dish spinning while, yep. and then pick up a second one and make sure that first one doesn't slow down you know totally agree yeah hundred percent
1: totally agree that 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 has been a key to like us being able to grow the business like our name says it right like we're focused on the fix and flip space <laughs> yeah um, and, and once we got that going, we started doing other things around new construction and um you know rental loans and different things like that, but like it started by being really good at one thing right um huge hugely important point. All right, cool. So you, you mentioned uh, you mentioned that you like to help people get into the business. Sounds like you're running some events. You also have a podcast. Talk to us a little bit about the podcast. What is it? Um, you know, and kind of what purpose does it serve for you and in, in your business? Sure. You know, the Bulletproof Cash
0: Cashflow Podcast is really designed for to, for a multitude of different things. It, first, is we want to educate people about multifamily real estate. It uh, it really helps in people that aren't familiar with what we do, with uh, you know, with me and 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 my team, and maybe some of the things that we've encountered as we as we go through this business. But uh, it also we also discuss things outside of multifamily, uh, just to. The, but real estate related, you know, even today, for instance, we we did uh, an interview with a person that does uh, mobile home parks, right? Mm-hmm. Not directly related to multifamily, but uh, it's a very interesting business. It's also he syndicates all of his deals, very different syndication model. But I think that um, for many of our listeners, they might find that interesting that, um, you know, different ways of, of generating cash flow down the road. And the reason why I'll include those sorts of people is because for the time being, our business is very, very hot. You know, the multifamily business is hot, especially here in Cleveland, it's getting even hotter. Eventually, we may have to pivot. You know, it's going to happen. We're, we, we won't be able to have to change cities or go to a different place or or start looking at even smaller deals. But for the time being, you know what? If you're a well-rounded individual that is aware of other asset classes, it's super. Yep. Like that's why. That's why I put those out there every once in a while. It's it's, it's really to educate investors, educate people in general, and uh, you know really help build credibility for what we're doing as well. I think it's and the, the podcast has been has been really successful for us in terms of you know really getting helping other people get to know who we are and we get to know who they are because they come out to our events, you know, and that's, and I really love hearing that. Hey, I listened to that podcast. I, I learned so much from it. It's awesome. Thank you so much. And I just think it's awesome when, when I hear that. It's just, yeah. I just think it's, it's phenomenal.
1: Very cool. And I, I think uh, the important point I think is, is real estate investing is a personal business, right? Is, yes. It's, it's, it's you're talking about uh, a real tangible asset where people live um, in one regard. And you're also talking about, in your case, taking other folks' hard earned capital and, and trying to earn a return for them. So, um, podcast, awesome way to, to, to open the door and the window into how you think and who you are and different things like that. So, that's cool. So, check it out Bulletproof Cash Flow. I'm assuming it's on all the typical podcasts. Oh yeah.
0: It's on, it's on, uh, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, we're on YouTube, we're on LinkedIn, we're everywhere.
1: <laughs> yeah. Can't, can't miss it. Search it bulletproof cash flow. You guys can find it. Um, all right. So I'm going to, I'm going to bring us home on kind of the theme of the show here being real estate investing unscripted. As you know, things happen. Um, sounds like you've done enough deals now where, you know, some things have gone you know, not according to plan, right? Despite your best efforts on a due diligence on, you know, dotting all the I's, crossing all the T's, like it just happens, right? It happens to all of us, no matter how, how good we plan. Share with us, share with us one of those stories or maybe two of those stories, which you learn from it, or just generally, you know, things that, you know, others can, can kind of keep an eye out for to, to avoid, um, maybe similar gotcha type moments. Sure, sure, sure. You know, my, my partners
0: and I recently, recently closed on a deal it's a it's a hundred and twenty six unit deal it's a five million dollar deal and uh, loved it loved the deal still love it today it's it's doing phenomenal right but it was a, again another value add type of property and when uh, you know, we locked it up under the the LOI we closed it just fine. one thing that we f- that we did not put in the PSA that we always put in and we just forgot was the clause. Uh, the, the the closet says that all the units will be rent ready right forgot to do that so post closing we're walking through the 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 deal and we open up a unit there's there's no ceiling Matt the set the ceiling is gone I see nothing I see not, I see steel rafters and there's no floor the floor is it's gone the too. industrial
1: look man and the new industrial it's,
0: look. that's right and they said they said that all the units were were rent ready and obviously it wasn't but you know, we had no recourse because it wasn't in the contract anyway. You know, so it, for whatever reason it got left out, it got dropped. I'm not sure what happened, uh, but now we actually make sure that it's in all the contracts. So basically, uh, the clause that says that if if the all if all the units are not rent ready, uh, there's some sort of fine. You know, typically two or four thousand dollars, depending on your area of where you're listening to this. But you kind of have to weigh that with. With the the uh, how how much it's worth to to you, you know. So if we're only talking about a couple of units. You know, when you're talking about a five million dollar deal, four thousand dollars does not really matter all that much. Mm-hmm. Because if 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 I were to go back and make a big a big fuss about it, the the brokers are—they they talk, man. You know, the brokers yep. talk, and if if they talk and they say, "Hey, I, you know, this guy Augustino, he he'll start he'll start complaining about this," and do you really want to deal with that? And you know, he's those uh, with, yeah, yeah, he's hard to work. He's difficult. He's a difficult guy. You don't want to deal with that. Yep. So, but if I would have put that just up front, and you you do your, your pre-closing checklist, you see it you mark it down you say hey guys look sitting at the closing table hey guys look I, I just i saw this it's supposed to be rent ready clearly it's not you better send some cash back and they would have done it would have been an issue right yep. so so there's that that's, that's that's probably you know a good a good a good learning lesson for many of your listeners out there is that Uh, always make sure you have that clause, you know, and and since then uh, it's, it's, it's saved us many times (laughs) 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 on much bigger deals. So very pleased that, uh, that I'm not going to forget that one ever again. (laughs) Uh,
1: It's it's not always that the seller is trying to get one over on you. It's like, you know, they may be checked out, they may have inherited the property. They don't actually know what's going on. Right. Like it's just, yeah,
0: that's, that's exactly uh, it. Right after a deal gets under, uh, under PSA, uh, and the purchase service or purchase sale agreement, the typically, yes, the seller will stop doing anything. They they immediately start cutting costs everywhere they could to try to maximize their own their own capital. And I mean, it makes sense. I get it. Uh, I'm not saying it's the right thing to do, but this is just what happens typically. Yep. Yep. And, um, you know, and that's what happened in this case. I mean, I'm not mad at it. It's just, that's the nature of the beast. You have to understand this was going to happen, you know? Yep. Uh, I, I we, we, never do that, but just is how it is. And the, you know, the, 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 assets still totally worth it. We're still very pleased with it and it's still performing. So,
1: Hey, no, I'm fine with it. You're building some of that stuff into your model. Cause it's just going to happen, right?
0: You're going to, yeah, exactly. You know, it's going to happen. You know, that as soon as you take it over uh, the, the occupancy that you bought it at, you, you, yeah, you bought it at 91% occupancy right now. When you lock it up under PSA, when you take it over, it'll probably be sitting at 80 because they stopped advertising and yeah. they don't want to spend any money on, on getting new tenants or even worse, the tenants they do bring in, they perform no background checks. The next thing you know, you're, you're, you have a bunch of people that, you know, a bunch of undesirables that have evictions or criminal background or whatever that you have to clean up. Yep. That kind of stuff happens too. Again, you got to put all that stuff in your contract to make sure that that doesn't happen.
1: Yep. 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 And another thing I think is worth kind of pointing out there that, that is worth learning here. And, and this is, I think a common theme that I've noticed with successful people on the show is, you know, not, not, not making decisions that are just purely on dollars. Right. So yes, you could have gone after that person for two grand or four grand or whatever. Right. But like, what is that worth both in terms of your time, as well as your reputation in the market? Yep. Um, And that's something I consistently see from successful folks like yourself is, this bigger picture, longer term view on the business, as opposed to, you know, trying to squeeze and wring every last cent out of every deal. Um, you know, stepping over, stepping over dollars to pick up pennies is what we like, we like to say here. Right. And like, exactly. That's something I think, you know,
0: Well, well it, doesn't, it doesn't
1: feel good. You got to set your ego aside and sometimes you get beat, but like in the grand scheme of things, like not losing focus on the bigger picture, I think is also important.
0: Yes. Yes. Well, you know, you just touched on it. Reputation is everything in this business. You know, if you, if you have a reputation of being difficult to work with, no one will work with you, you know, and my reputation is that I will close stuff. I close. That's what I do. And most, I think most brokers that know me and most of them in the city do, they, they know that when, when they talk to me and I've slammed down an LOI, I intend on closing that deal. Yep. That's the only time I put down an LOI. I put down an LOI when I intend on closing. And I don't just throw out LOIs just for the sake of doing it. Yep. So and that's a big that, that speaks volumes. That speaks volumes. That's totally. important.
1: You can get better deals because people uh, people people put a value on certainty of closing. So Precisely. Precise. Of,
0: and you're not difficult, and, and, and you're easy to work with you're easy to work easy with, to work with. Yep.
1: yep people pay that's a right. premium for that. cool. that's right. that's right. Well thank you for sharing that that story. Uh, hopefully some some save someone out there from uh, experiencing something similar. So um, we will uh, we'll get you out of here on this. so if, if any of the listeners want to get a hold of you, we talked a little bit about the podcast so check that out. Um, Bulletproof cash flow. What other ways can can people find you, and, and what type of person would it make sense to reach out to you? And again, which what's the best way to get hold of you?
0: Yeah, bulletproofcashflow dot com. Uh, just reach out to us there. We have plenty of other motivational things out there too. We have a blog out there that helps explain uh, how how the business works. You know, it's just all it's a lot of training material out there too that we put out to to really help even new people understand how syndication works, you know? So, and we also put up videos on YouTube as well. We have the podcast on iTunes, on Stitcher, on uh, all the popular platforms. So yeah, we're just about everywhere, man. We're just about everywhere.
1: So bulletproofcashflow.com, check it out. Uh, if you got deals in, in the Ohio market that you maybe want Augustino to take a look at, or if you're interested in syndicating deals with him, um, that's where to find him. Um, you know, really, really appreciate you being here with us today, Agostino. I, I think maybe just kind of some, some, summer, some things to summarize that I've learned, right? Like pick a lane, get smart on that lane, and then take action uh, against that lane, whatever that may be, syndication, flipping, note buying, whatever, right? Figure out a way. Um, and I think the other big takeaway here is like reputation is worth a lot. Um, again, I think that's something that's very consistent, across the folks that I've gotten to know that are successful is, um, you know, building a brand and whether it's actually doing podcasts or even just in your local market with how you, you operate, interact with the the overall ecosystem, it's huge, huge investment to be made, but also, uh, you know, pays off in, in the long run. Yep. Any parting thoughts from you, anything I missed?
0: You know, you know what it's, um, I'd say that, one of the biggest things that people need to do is make their minds up and take massive action. You know, stop, put the books down, guys,
1: just start, do it. Get involved. (laughs) Get to work. Somehow find a way to get (laughs) Get to work. Trillion dollar industry. There's enough pie out there for all of us. Get, get busy.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Come on, go out to an event, go talk to people. Yeah. Talk to people. There's no money. There's no money in your living room. I promise. There's no, there's no money watching games of Thrones. I promise. (laughs) Get
1: That's out, it. get out of the house. <laughs> so, so with that, we'll end the podcast. So you guys can go out and take take action. So uh, thank you again, Augustino. This was great. Uh, thank you all for listening to the episode of Real Estate Investing Unscripted. For more great resources or to get funding for your next project, head on over to fundthatflip.com. Otherwise, uh, look forward to next time. Your host, Matt Rodak, signing off.